Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And today we're getting an update, one that I think many of us have been waiting for. It's from Haley Ladner. She is the mom of now five. Her family grew from two to seven back in February there at the University uh, Mississippi Medical Center. And we're checking in on her precious miracles. Hey, Haley. Hey, how are you? Congratulations, Mama. Thank you so much. I was trying to think back when we had you on Good Things. I think it was kind of midway through your pregnancy. It was before you had went in for mandatory bed rest. So catch us up. When did you get admitted for mandatory bed rest leading up to the deliveries of your precious? So I went in for bed rest around January the 11th is when I was admitted into the hospital. And I was there for almost six weeks before giving birth to my babies. Um, it was a long bed rest. I read a lot of books in that time. And we ultimately had the goal of getting to 28 weeks with our babies, which we got to. But I started having some signs of early labor contractions. And so my doctor was like, okay, we're having these babies tomorrow at 9 a.m. And I freaked out a little bit. I was like, okay, well, it's time. So our babies were born the very next day. Adeline came about 9-19, and then Jake, who was the last one born, he came at 9-23. So they were all born like a minute within each other. God bless Jake, because he's going to be coming behind those four girls for the rest of his life, probably so. He needs to be... he needs to be ready for that. You know, the fact that he'll have four identical uh, sisters that are all just a few minutes older than him, but he will be the baby. He will be the baby for ever being uh being loved on for sure you know you talk about those moments Haley you know there's very few of us if anybody listening to good things who knows what it's like to be pregnant with five some for triplets and maybe you know more for uh, twins but every mother listening knows that feeling whenever the doctor finally says okay 
Like tomorrow's it. Like it's it's sort of time to go. And I assume no matter you know at what stage, there's that nervousness of like how it's all going to go out or go play out. So how did the delivery go? I know yours was definitely considered high risk and with its own um, possibilities, but everything goes smooth as possible with five babies. Everything went as smooth as possible. Um, I got to see two of the babies. They put them over the curtain as they were being born, Adeline and Jake, so the first and the last. And the middle three, I could see them as they were being ushered off to the NICU. Um, So everything went very smoothly. Like I said, the babies were born within a minute of each other. Um, I did have a little bit longer of a recovery um, because, like like, uh, you said, it was a high-risk um, surgery and so we we had a few complications but nothing too crazy and so I didn't get to see the babies in the NICU that day I had to wait until the next morning to go see them because I needed all the rest I could um, but everything went smoothly for the most part we so, had everybody here our family was here so it was a good day I know when any time a, a baby is born, you know, around that 28 weeks or sort of before the, the magic 39, really, or 40 weeks, there's always calls for concern and extra care. And they've been under the care there at UMC. So how are things? How old are they today? I, the math is hard, but we're right at, what, four weeks, almost a month, I think? They are three weeks old today. Three so. weeks old today. Okay. And how are we yes. making progress? I know, you know, again, it's a day-by-day sort of uh you know, when they're in the NICU, but how are things going for your five? Oh, my goodness, they're wonderful. Everybody talks about how they are so surprised and just amazed at how well that they're doing. Um, None of them are on ventilators. They actually got to all come off of ventilators, like, the day, a day or two after they were born, and they're on CPAP machines, so they can breathe on their own. They just have to have a little bit of extra respiratory support to uh, give their lungs a little bit of uh, pressure for expansion. Um, but they're doing great. They're all gaining weight. In fact, Jake was the biggest when he was born. He was two pounds and five ounces, and three of his sisters have outgrown him. <laughs> so it's pretty cool to get to see that and get to see how much they're growing and how much they're changing every day. And they're just, it's just the greatest thing I get to do to go and get to see them every day and get to hold them and get to watch them grow. And I'm like so excited. I get to do it for the rest of my life. So you do have the opportunity. You have had the opportunity, Haley, now to hold all your babies and sort of have a little uh, less restriction around them as you would completely understand why you would in the very beginning. But mom's been able to spread the love now. She's she's loving on all five. Oh, absolutely. I have held all of them almost three times. I have one more baby to hold, and I'll hold them. I will have held all of them three times. And then my husband has held them all twice. And so we just, we're capitalizing on all the baby snuggles that we can. So um, it's been great. Is there any projection, Haley, on when you'll get to take your babies home? I know their health and making sure that they are stable and and able is the most important thing. You've got the rest of your life to have them running around the house uh, and you chasing after them. But do you is there an anticipation of when that may be for you guys? So the hospital doesn't typically release premature babies until they're at least uh, 35 weeks corrected and so ours are 31 weeks corrected right now because they were born at 28 and so they still have a minimum of at least four weeks to go 
Um, we don't know for sure that they'll get released at the same time. They probably won't, to be honest, just because there are individuals and, you know, some may need just a little bit more support than others. Some may take a little bit longer to come off of the CPAP machine and be able to fully breathe on their own and things like that. But we're looking at a minimum of four weeks, potentially a little bit longer. Now, it's it would be an understatement, Haley, to say that your story has has captivated the nation, not just here in Mississippi. I remember the headlines here in our state when it first sort of got out that you and your husband have been blessed with such uh, unique miracles. But then, man, you had them bad boys and well, bad girls and one boy. And then it seems like the entire nation uh, was knocking at your your door from the Today Show and everything. What's that like? Is that just weird? Is it sort of strange? Um, I mean, that, you know, to get that kind of attention for something, you know, you and your husband prayed for and wanted nothing more but to be, you know, parents? It is. It's a little strange. Um, We get recognized out in public sometimes, like just going out to eat and things like that. And they're like, oh, congratulations on your baby. Or, oh, you're the mom that had the five babies. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, So it's a little bit weird because we are just like, regular ordinary people that you know this just so happened to happen to us but it's also really good because it does give us the opportunity to get to share what a blessing that this is and show what all like god has done in our lives with these babies and so it's also a really good opportunity for us and so we don't run away from that we actually um appreciate that a lot when we get um, well, that we get to do that and get to share that with people. Yes, because you had spontaneous quintuplets. It's like one in 60. I was reading the stats, and it's, you know, you you really were. It was God-breathed for them to sort of be here and for you guys to be the parents and to also to get the care that you have received there at UMC or here in Mississippi. I think it's a great story to show that, you know, Mississippi has the hospitals and the capabilities of of giving you the care that you deserve. I read you had 30 specialists raring and ready to go um, when you gave birth. What was it like feeling like you had that team of support around you? Oh, my goodness. They were great. They literally did everything possible to make sure that I was okay and these babies were okay. Like, I cannot say enough good things about UMMC and the medical staff that we have been blessed with over here. Um There were teams of doctors that were on call, like prepared for in the middle of the night for if these babies decided to make an early entrance. They, I mean, for weeks, like up until, like as soon as I got admitted, people were taking on um, on on-call duties in case this happened at random. And they just really embraced us and embraced our family. They had meetings about us every week and then daily as it got closer to time we had ultrasounds daily to check on the babies and so they really went above and beyond to make sure that we were cared for and i will always be so appreciative of that for forever because that's just something that you know yeah not everybody would necessarily have done well Haley we appreciate you checking in I hope you're getting plenty of rest you love on those babies and I'm gonna get you back in every so often we're gonna check in on the Ladner family if that's okay with you that sounds great to me all righty you guys stick with us we got more for you coming up next FM Making your afternoon just a little brighter. 
It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Pick me up, love. Pick me up, love. Every day. You can watch Good Things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can now watch Good Things live on C Spire TV if you've got that. We are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel, which was really cool and breezy this morning. I'm loving that. Uh, weather this weekend, probably not so much. But we're going to take the cool and breezy uh, for, for the moment. We're also going to take the opportunity to remind you that Morgan Wallen, he's coming to Oxford. If you haven't heard, you've been living under a rock. And if you haven't heard that we have two sweet seat tickets to give away to you coming up, I think April 7th, you also have been living under a rock. But he's not going to the rock. He's coming to Vault Hemingway Stadium. And that's going to be April the 23rd. That is a Sunday afternoon there in Oxford. And the way that you register is easy. You find one of the many places around town to fill out a registration form. From what I hear, it's just your name and maybe your email and a phone number. And that's it. You can go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen to see the full list of registration locations. And you can also stop in places like Weathers Auto Supply in Tupelo, Be Quick in Macomb. you got Waverly Boutique in Columbus. And there's really a lot more uh, places for you to go. So you can do that. And it's all brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. So there you go. And over on the Good Things Facebook group, if you just were over there, you will see that it was a beautiful day on the Mississippi Gulf Coast today where the Institute for Marine Mammal Studies, they released sea turtles today. And I am so bombed that I wasn't there for that. If I add on like my list of things I want to accomplish in my life, I want to be there either when Seabeck turtles like they show on the TV crack open and make their little way to the ocean, which I believe Michael Borky has had an opportunity to see that. I think I've heard that on Sports Talk before. Um, Or I want to be there when something like the Institute or some other organization takes the ones they've habitated. Habitated. I don't think that's a word. Rehabilitated. (laughs) Rehabilitated. They kind of habitated them and then made them better and then send them back out into the world. There's something sweet about seeing all the little... Toils. Toils. Is that what they call little Little tortoises? Little toils. Little tortoises. And we have said many times here on Good Things, turtles are that one creature it's just hard not to like. You just... Or at least the cartoon style. I mean, I know there's a lot of really mean turtles if you put your feet or finger in the right uh, place. But turtles aren't coming after you. If they are, you can outrun them. Yes. So it's turtles are not coming after you. You, If you make a turtle mad, you literally stuck your appendage in the snapper to sort of figure it out. And they mind their own business and they move at a slow pace and they're not violent and they're kind of introverts and they seem like they have life completely figured out and we don't and so it's just cool to i think it'd be cool to be a turtle walk around with your house on your back all the time why not you got everything you need right it's like the original monk he you know they completely are self-sufficient don't get too angry not really eeyore kind of mentality more of just taking life and now I'm sitting here thinking of like 
famous uh, famous turtle famous turtles. I don't know if there's a famous turtle, but like turtles. Well, there's in, four of them named after Renaissance. Yes. <laughs> they wear different colored masks and fight with ninjas. They were them. violent, and they did eat pizza. But they, I'm talking. I was going to um, Dor, not Dora, um, Dory, but the other one. Is it Dor? Dor what's um, Finding Nemo? Yes, but it's the other one, Finding Dory. And she's the turtles were in both of them. The turtles were in both of them, but the but the Calabung the California turtle or was the Australian turtle? He was was a a surfer turtle. He was a surfer turtle. Was in Finding Dory, correct? I think. Or was he even both of them? them? Okay. See, I don't remember the dad's name. I just remember the little turtle's name, Mm -hmm. Squirt. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like a family you want to be a part of. So anyway, give me some shell. If you want to see a cute photo of all the little turtles, then you can head over to the Good Things Facebook group. And some of the kids got to go and sort of see and release. And I'm jealous. I think that would be that would be a whole lot of a lot of fun when it comes to like wildlife rehabilitation. Is there a like an I guess the rhino, an animal, though, that you would be like interested in, you know, being like helping with being a part of? I actually did send off uh, an email to a company that was looking for volunteers. This was back when I was in college. They were looking for volunteers to come and protect rhinos from poachers. And then I found out I'd have to get my own airfare and accommodations and everything, and I would be working for free in the middle of nowhere in Africa, and decided I could spend my time doing something else. But the, the rhinos, I mean, it's it's obvious why I would pick them, but they... It, it feels weird to me that, to think that there are some species of rhino. Like, you think of kids' toys. You got elephants, you got giraffes, you got rhinos. You got lions, tigers, and bears. Like, you have these just main animals. And the rhino is one of the most endangered ones. And there are some species of rhino that a couple generations from now... They'll just be a figment of the imagination, like, or not a figment of the imagination, but they'll be lost to time, like the dodo. And there's no telling how many species we've never known about. Like, even in, not necessarily our lifetime, but maybe the last hundred, sort of 200 years, they slowly just sort of die out or whatever. And that's part of the cycle of life. But then also, when you have the opportunity to maybe hang on and keep one, then doing the work to me makes a lot of sense. Because really, if not, you know, you don't, the idea of something going completely extinct due to greed to me is the sad part like if it's mother nature ran her course and it was just the cycle of life you could probably argue greed could fall into that but i don't want to have that argument with you because i don't like the way you think but (laughs) it's my show and i don't like the way you think (laughs) but i mean to think that humans who were supposed to you know care for you know the was you know take ownership and sort or have the well it's the importance of conservation because it's not always just on the face of it it's not always evident that if you lose a creature in the ecosystem that changes will happen like for example when people first came from europe to america passenger pigeons would blot out the sun they would come over a major city and would drop as many drop drop so much droppings that it looked like it had snowed and they would just fly over you, and it'd be a, a flock a couple miles wide and 500 miles long. We had billions upon billions of passenger pigeons. 
but we hunted them for food to extinction. And it's happened since the creation of America. But by doing that, we were just feeding people. We thought we had an abundance. We took from the abundance. Now they're all gone. But it had an effect on America in ways that we didn't realize it would. For example, passenger pigeons and their droppings and stuff allowed for the forest to grow in a way to where white oaks could grow more prolifically. Well, white oaks are more resistant to wildfires than red oaks or maples or stuff like that. Well, the white oaks population has dropped precipitously since the the last passenger pigeon passed away. And that changes things up to and including the color of the fall leaves. White oaks have yellowish, orangish leaves. Red oaks have red leaves. Maples have red leaves. So the color of fall itself in parts of America has changed completely because we lost the passenger pigeon. That's sad. Well, I think it, you know, all good intentions. And then when people, because you can't think, when you first think about like even with lumber or I was trying to think other sort of material, when it's a small number of humans that are going out and building log cabins and you think to yourself, there's an abundance of trees, we will never run out of trees. The idea of running out is something that we don't necessarily think of, um, but it happens. I mean, it's you start to see that resources aren't are finite, they're not infinite. And then the same way with some of our species. And I know here in Mississippi, you've got the Mississippi Aquarium, you've got the Hattiesburg Zoo, you've got other, um, I guess, organizations around that find those um, species that just mean a lot or connect to our sort of uh, grounds or our environment. And they work really hard to make sure that we're good conservations of it. But then you add in that, too, like making sure that you have management population, which is a big thing, like with the alligators and the deer and all that. Because when you talk about mile wide herds of pigeons pooping everywhere, like I don't really want to live where mile wide pigeon poop comes flying by either but we could have found a nicer balance before we just completely eradicated them that sounds terrible yeah our modern lifestyle would look really weird if we still had the abundance of wildlife that our ancestors had yeah because do you think of the you really might see a kangaroo the bison going the, down the megafauna of bison where you could literally just walk look look out over a plane and you wouldn't see anything but the backs of bison now they only live on reserves well, that went sad south real quick. <laughs> but the good work they're doing there and on the Mississippi Gulf Coast for the turtles, I think, is still is really good. And it's we the importance sh- of conservation. It's the importance of conservation, and it's why we continue to talk about that and more coming up next here on Good Things. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget you can listen. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us at your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And now we're turning our attention to all the food banks across Mississippi coming together for a good reason. Joining us is Cassandra with the Mississippi Food Network. Hey, Cassandra. Hey, Rebecca. How are you today? I just want to let you know that two out of the two house bills that have come through good things this year have all made it. So we're, oh, that's great. You know, yeah, I, so we're in good company. <laughs> we're in. You're in good company, and I feel like <laughs> I mean I can't obviously promise anything. I just think you know what we're off to a good start. Why not add a third one to our list of things we've gotten accomplished this year here on well, Good Things? That's fabulous, and we'll be happy to be the third one. So this is the Mississippi Food Bank Initiative Act. It's uh, HB 1723. Tell us the background of this, Cassandra. So this legislation would create a dollar-for-dollar tax credit for businesses that would be able to contribute to 501c3 food banks here in the state, which would give them additional tax credit uh, to make their donations to the food banks. And we can take that funding and and do so much with it. Uh, we're serving uh, hundreds of thousands of people a year between the, the all four food banks. And we are probably distributing more food now than we ever have, and the need is greater than it has ever been. And we just need all the help we can get. So we could take this funding and do so much with it. And we're just excited that the... Uh, powers that be, the legislature is is even considering doing uh, this for us because it would be something that would sustain us into the future for sure. Cassandra, I know the Mississippi Food Network and Extra Table are two of the organizations that's come together to put this legislation together. Who are the other two that is in this initiative? The Mid-South Food Bank, they're actually located in Memphis, but, but they serve the top 18 counties of Mississippi and feeding the Gulf Coast, which are loca- is located in Mobile, but they serve uh, the bottom eight counties along the coastal area of Mississippi. So, and the idea would just be, again, it would be more of a tax credit for businesses, and then the food networks could be able to, so will they get to choose the business, get to choose which of the four, or would it go into maybe like a larger fund that then would get distributed? How would that sort of work, Cassandra? I would assume that the business themselves would choose who they wanted to make their donation to, um, but I'm saying that with 90% certainty, <laughs> because I don't know. Uh, this is is sort of new for me, just the whole concept of being able to have legislation that would allow businesses to get uh, even better uh, even better tax break for making a donation directly to the food bank. Uh, but I feel like they would be able to decide which food bank they wanted to donate to. Um, and the Food Network, you know, we serve 56 counties in central Mississippi, um, and we have the largest... I guess you'd say geographical area to cover in the state, but all of the food banks that serve Mississippi are um, are doing fabulous work, and we're uh, working together to try to get more food to the people in need. So any of the any of the four would be able to take this money and do great things with it. I feel like this is similar to uh, the crisis pregnancy sort of tax credit as well, where the organization can choose to donate and get a tax credit for that as well. Uh, to uh, is it? And Rhino, you shook you shook your head. Do you know if it's the a center of their choice, or does it go into just helping all the centers? 
I think it's just all of them. Okay. Well, you know what? We can. It's the details, Cassandra. We got to get through the first sort of hurdles that way. But I, either way, I mean, it feels like this would be a great way to can make sure that our um, food networks and our food banks and our extra table and our organizations are able to continue the good work that they are doing. Uh, Mississippi Food Network, how long have y'all been in service? So we're coming up on our 40th year. So been around for 40 years. It's uh, we were we had a. open house this morning where we were celebrating um, just how far we've come and we have a a new logo and we've revamped our mission statement so we've been around for a little while we've been serving people in uh, Mississippi for for many years I know I started here in 2003 so we were distributing about 13 million pounds a year then which is still a lot of food Um, and we this past year in 2022 uh, distributed about twenty, almost twenty-seven million pounds, which is comes to about uh, twenty-three million meals scattered throughout, you know, our service area, um, and that's just our part of it. So the other food banks are doing similar things, and so these are these are people that um, that need the food that have that should have access to healthy food, just like everyone. Um, and as you know, being from Mississippi. There is such a rural area, and there's just so many areas that lack access to healthy food. Um, of course, that's probably why we're at the top of all the lists we don't want to be at the top of <laughs> with diabetes and heart disease and all those sort of things. But our goal is to is to try to get more healthy food out there and these people that um, are working. You know, we serve a lot of working families that just don't have the ability to make the ends meet, and to and they don't have access to it. You know, if their grocery store is closed in their town, and the nearest one is 30 miles away, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a big deal uh, for a lot of families in Mississippi. You know, I think sometimes if you don't realize that, if you don't live in that situation, you don't realize that there are families who literally struggle to try to find healthy food for their families within the communities they live in. And then again, going back to this would be for HB 1723, it would be the opportunity for a business owner to make that choice. It wouldn't be forced. It wouldn't be anything like that. It would be them, you know, getting, uh, you know, getting a little incentive for wanting to pay it forward, which I think is really cool um, as well for the organizations to have their autonomy of, of being able to choose what they do with their, you know, for their tax credit. I think that's a great idea. If we want to get behind it, Cassandra, or maybe, you know, push for it or who do we call? anybody can we get any more information where do you guys want us to go oh sure um well certainly you can call us mississippi food network and ask for me cassandra mobley and i'm happy to give anyone um, more information on it that's interested in helping us push forward but if you um would like to reach out to your legislator um you could reach out also to the lieutenant governor um so anyone uh that has to do with that in the legislature, the le- legislature, you know, I can't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> it's the day to, before Friday, uh, Cassandra. It's okay. <laughs> to push that forward, we would love to have you reach out. I think the more voices they they hear from and people that, you know, can get behind it, the more they'll realize how important this is and what a difference it could make. It could make a difference. And, you know, too, I like that my I want to do another tally mark. You know, we made the blueberry that we but the blueberry became the state fruit. We now have the opal as the state um, a gemstone. And so why not add this great legislation to to the list of good things that happened this year? But I appreciate your time, Cassandra. Thanks so much, Rebecca. It was nice talking to you. I hope to see you soon. All righty. There you go. 
such good stuff coming through. I mean, sometimes the best things sort of get through the cracks whenever there's all the other stuff getting talked about. Um, but again, I mean, I think it's a fun way or a great way for our organizations and our independent businesses to sort of make that uh, decision for themselves. And I think this is a model that many legislators are using to entice businesses to give back into their community, invest by providing those tax credits and allowing them to sort of choose which route they, you know, want, want if they want to do it, number one, and then in who they want to help support, number two. And I think that's, you should get, um, I guess, uh, positive feedback when you want to invest in in your an incentive. An incentive, yeah. You, you know, it shouldn't. You should not get deemed for wanting to invest back into your community if you so choose. And so, I think that's a yeah. There you go. We'll have to keep an eye on that and sort of see where it goes and how it transpires. Which I think is, and it's always a tough topic talking about food insecurity here in Mississippi. Uh, but it is true. Just look around. And getting more involved and getting more knowledgeable about it uh, also helps with conversations and just having open, honest ones on how we can help, um, how we can help our neighbors. Because it's not something most people just walk to work and hold up a sign and say, you know, I don't have enough to make ends meet this week. You know, it's more of a they deal with it under under the radar. And so I know that most of us, if we knew the person beside us or sitting on the pew next to us or in the cubicle or whatever it may be didn't have food for their kids or didn't have food for their family without a shadow of a doubt you would want to help and so if they had a light bulb that came over their head that that told you and but it just doesn't work that way but they're out there and they need us and mississippians are so great at supporting this would be a great way to do that as well if you wanted to get behind it pretty cool so much good stuff. I think we've done with legislation this year. What do you think? I think we have done our due diligence. I said it earlier today. I'm getting to that burnout point. <laughs> you. I've just about had enough. I think we are at 300% of the legislation we've talked about here on Good Things in one legislative season. And we, you know, we got two passed. And so we're down to the, to the home stretch. I promise you I will only talk about things that are good and uh, that I would stand behind sort of anyway. I did hear a commercial for the Blueberry Farm families of Mississippi, and they have not had yet updated their advertisement to add the state's Mississippi state fruit. So I'm waiting for that to, to come out in, in all the um, advertisements and, and PRs. They should. They should use it. It is. Now when you look in your backyard and you have all those bl- wonderful blueberry bushes blooming, you can tell you have the state fruit in your in your backyard. All oh, thanks to good things. Absolutely not. That was all the fourth graders here at Mansdale. I take zero credit for that. <laughs> but stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. So, don't stop me now. Don't stop me. Cause I'm having a good time. 
having a good time here on Good Things, which you can watch on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And if you're looking for a good time coming up on spring break, I saw where Paradise Pier in Biloxi has already opened. It's got attractions and rides and park thingies and it's a great gap between the coast casino industry as well as family friendly entertainment i know a lot of folks will be headed down to the mississippi gulf coast to enjoy spring break so there's something new and exciting for you to do and i think uh last week here on good things we talked about the ferris wheel and i think i misspoke and said there may be a bar on the ferris wheel nope there's not but there is in the paradise uh pier or whatever like leading to it so we're not there yet mississippi where we have a floating bar which would be really cool i don't think that the coast would be uh, opposed to that if they could figure out how to make it happen or sort of make it uh, work but that's one new entertainment thing if you and your family are looking for something fun to do over the weekend but don't forget there are plenty of fun stops and day trips and think little getaways across the across the state to do in the upcoming week where your family was your family a spring break family rhino did y'all take trips during spring break uh not usually because yeah, no, mom and dad were still working while we had spring break off so usually we went with either a, a church group like a youth group or if we were in an after school system like casa or something and they had something going on we'd go with them but I don't remember us ever going on a quote-unquote spring break trip besides maybe one beach trip one year. Same here. Family worked, and so it was always uh, a summer sort of trip for for our particular family. I know other families are completely different, but spring break didn't get fun until college. And then it was a game Well, it was always fun. It just got ratcheted up a notch. Fun in terms of opportunity to get away. Because then you don't really work. You probably saved up all your cash. Maybe you convinced your parents to give you a little, and you headed somewhere warm. You're also used to working <laughs> on a lot smaller budget. A lot smaller budget, yes. And you were your expectations for what you were going to dine and eat and do all that were exponentially lower when you're 21, 22 versus... Truck stop showers were a lot cheaper back then, too. <laughs> Well, and that was also when I think about what we're both, uh, you know, late 30s. And so that was the time when going to the spring break wasn't as dangerous, I guess, or as crazy. I mean, maybe still crazy, but it's always been crazy. We just have a nice 20,000 megapixel camera in every pocket to document the craziness nowadays. That's true. I don't know. And Uh, a society that derives some weird pleasure from posting every embarrassing moment on the internet probably so yes but uh but then you get out into the real world and it's like well why don't i get this free week off in the spring boss man lady and it's like you got to go to work and until you have children or sort of fall into that like kids spring break especially it's those first couple of years right out of college you have like a little bit of like oh man wish I was in Panama City on the beach enjoying. No, I'm going to work. And yeah, it's good times. Good times. So if you're gearing up to enjoy <laughs> a spring break, I hope you do it safely with I'm or without the family. I'm questioning whether or not I should suggest this because it might get somebody fired. So don't. Don't, do, don't do this if your boss isn't cool. <laughs> then- if your boss is cool, go find a coconut or something you can use as a cup and make yourself a virgin margarita or daiquiri or your favorite cold adult beverage get a little umbrella and put it in there and walk into work with it if it's spring break for you 
Man, I'm going to bring us some coconuts next week. Right here. We'll, you just got to have the little umbrella, too. It we'll, doesn't feel like it's a it's a, a truly tropical drink without the umbrella. We'll get our hulas or whatever you call those little things. Lays. Lays. And we're not hula hooping. <laughs> that one spring break, though. <laughs> and we'll just reminisce as if we're all on the Gulf Coast or at the beach, which is so funny because that's the only way the only people who showed up to the beach during spring break were the ones who didn't care that it was cold and they would run around half naked in their in their little swimsuits because that's when school let out. And but most of your mature adults like I'm going to need like at least four to six more weeks before the water, the water and everything's warm enough that I actually want to go and enjoy a weekend on the on the beach in that way. But you don't care when you're 18, 19, 21. Didn't matter at all. Yeah, you weren't focused on the temperature. <laughs> no. Nope. So many other things to focus on. <laughs> and it wasn't the good food. No, it wasn't that as it is all. All these parents like Rebecca, you were a heathen, probably so. But <laughs> sorry, mom. I made it back every time. I made good grades. I kept my nose clean and all the things. It's just so much easier when you went to school at Southern Miss. I mean, the the, the beach was like forty five minutes away. <laughs> Pro tip, if you're imbibing on the beach, put on sunscreen because you will go to sleep and you will become a lobster. This is true. This is very true. All righty. Back to the real world. You got Sports Talk Mississippi coming up next from 3 to 6. Rhino and I meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Good things Talk Mississippi Media Production.